Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, as the school run starts back and more of us are going into the office, there are calls for more to be done to make cycling safer in Ireland. In rural parts of the country, for example, there are often no cycle lanes and narrow roads. So should we be changing our roads to make it easier for cyclists as we try to get greener as a nation? Should we be broadening cycling paths and turning areas into no car zones? How dangerous is it to be a cyclist on our roads at the moment. So we'll go to the phones of Gráinne on the line. Hello, Gráinne. Hey, Claire. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for talking to me on Lunchtime Live today. You got in touch about an incident with your husband. What happened? Yeah, well, um, my husband um, brings our kids to school. We have a kind of an unusual cargo bike, right? We got it in anticipation of getting um, the, the now notorious Salto Cycleway. We thought... Um, it's it's a bike basically that has room seats at the back. So what we do at the moment, uh, the initial idea was that he would cycle with my younger daughter on the back of the bike, and my twelve year old son would cycle alongside them if we had that safe in- infrastructure. But anyway, that all um, got nixed. That plan was um, not suitable without um, that that infrastructure. So now um, it turns out there was room, and um, the kids are both happy to sit on the back of the bike and uh, my husband cycles them in to school um, and I pick them up and it's been amazing, it's brilliant, it's been such a fun and wonderful addition to our lives because basically the school run is now a thing of joy, except <laughs> um, you get the occasional situation and we had a nasty old situation on Monday which where my husband was bringing them into school, it was about 20 past 8 in the morning and he was going down a hill um, where there's, it's basically a T-junction with the coast road. And there was a work, sort of a work, um, I think they were painting double yellow lines or something on the side of the road. Um, close enough to the corner. Now, the work sort of van was, you know, in from the corner. It wasn't dangerously close to the corner, but a van sort of swung into that junction from the coast road as my husband and children were coming down. And he swung out, as as you would, I guess, um, to avoid the work van. But in doing so, he saw, he would have seen my husband and the kids on the bike coming down the hill. And instead of slowing down, he sped up. And he sped up and he passed so close to my my family on the bike that the, the breeze he created sort of created a, a bit of a ripple in this front box that we have. It's a fabric, but very strong. You wouldn't ripple it easily. Um and you can see that we we have we have cameras on the bike, unfortunately, because you need them. Um, but basically, that's how close he was. Now, my husband is a very measured guy, right? <laughs> and what he did was he um, used that gesture, um, that kind of universal slow down gesture. So, you know, when your palm is facing the ground and you just put your hand up and down. It's yeah. like if you go into a crowd, a, a room of noisy children, that gesture that you would use to say, now quiet and down, everyone, that's what he did, right? And the van driver, who was in such a rush to get past my family, to endanger them in that way, decided to stop further up the hill in order to yell at my husband. And the thing is that my kids were on the back of that bike, okay? So he could see the kids. Maybe he didn't see the kids at the start, but he saw them and he still thought it was appropriate to yell at my family. My husband, I have to say, to his credit, was much more measured in his response than I would have been. And my husband, you can just hear him on the camera, he's just saying, just slow down. Just slow down. That, 
um, as I say, absolute fair dues to him for keeping his cool. Yeah, I'd say there's but, people listening thinking that there's a whole lot of other hand gestures that could have been used. <laughs> and look, I think we've all been yeah. involved in, in, in certain situations on the road where you react in anger and then two seconds later think, what am I doing? Or catch yourself in the moment. So you'd only yeah. hope that further down the road that van driver said, oh my God, what was I thinking there? But imagine your kids had been on the front because there were, I've, I saw a mum with three kids in the front of like a trailer thing cycling along recently. I mean, it, it, it is it is frightening. I don't think drivers are thinking of cyclists as much as cyclists have to think about drivers. That's true. Um, but I would say I'd, I'd qualify that as well by saying it's not just about people on bikes. It's also about people on foot and stuff. I mean, I've been beat as a driver, because I'd be very, because I cycle, because I walk a lot and I hate driving, because I hate the responsibility that driving brings, you know what I mean? Because you could injure or um, kill someone if you, just a lapse in concentration, that's all it takes. But I, in, in this summer, I was beat because I would not pass a group of pedestrians on a, crun- on, on a country road. They were just walking. I couldn't see if there was any oncoming traffic, so I wasn't willing to overtake them until it was safe, without a good space and all that, you know what I mean? Um, and a driver behind me beeped me. You know, it's 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 this kind of sense. I I just don't think that people in cars take enough responsibility for the damage they could do. However, I don't think the problem. I think an awful lot of people drive really safely and whatever else. You will always get politely we call them dorkheads in our family, right? <laughs> so you will get dorkhead drivers. You get dorkhead people on bikes. You get dorkhead walkers. <laughs> it doesn't matter. There is always a group of people who doesn't who don't really care or think about other people, right? And those are the people who will park and block a footpath, or those are the people who will yell at a group of kids in a cycle bus. The point is that I think that we need our decision makers, like the people who have the power to design roads, the people who have the power to do something about this. We need them to protect us from those people because those people are no good for people in cars either you know what I mean they make life difficult for everyone so we do need things like cycling infrastructure we need better pavements we need nicer pedestrian crossings we need decision makers to start thinking about more than just people in cars and the rate of the flow of traffic because that is the that that's what the decision the decision makers are thinking about right now yeah Gronya will you stay on the line because I want to bring in another caller but I hear everything you're saying and you know I just urge people listening why are we always so self-absorbed why are we always in such a rush that's the reason people pull up on a curb and park where they shouldn't rush along somewhere and don't think of the people around them we need to just stop. Obviously, there are going to be times in your life that things are very stressful and you've got to get somewhere. Like if you're somebody in the car that needs medical attention, we get all that. But people out on the roads are pretty self-absorbed as far as I can see. I want to bring in Maura. Uh, Maura, you're on the line. You used to cycle your children to school. What was your experience like? Yes, thank you very much for having me. Um Yes, I used to cycle my nephew to school. I My aim was really to have him independently traveling uh, on the road. And I would cycle with him every morning. And one of the experiences was, for a while, he was the only child cycling to school. I would cycle with him. Only one. When I was going to school, you would see 30 to 50 bicycles. Uh, by the time he was cycling, if it was very sunny and other children cycled, maximum there would be six. One morning we were cycling to school, we live a mile from the school, and we were coming up to a 
left-hand turn and there was a lady in oncoming traffic and everything was quite backed up. So it's really important to leave a bit of space. And my nephew was a few yards behind me and we were about to pass that junction where there was a left turn. And as I passed, a driver oncoming decided who was queuing, sure, I'll try and take the turn. And in between myself and my nephew, she tried to turn right. And my nephew went into the side of her car. He was about eight years old at the time. And I remember saying, I'm, I'm so sorry, and I have grandchildren, but, you know, I thought I'd chance it. And then the traffic didn't move. And I was kind of stunned that pulling out in front of a child and just sitting in the middle of the road in your car in front of him was considered a, a safe move by a driver. My nephew was pretty shook. And just to reiterate what Gronya said, Afterwards, when we would come to that junction, he would ask to get off the bike and for us to cross the road. And people would even try to take that turn as we were in the middle of the road and uh, with other children. Uh, so it wasn't just cyclists who were affected, but children who were cycling. And do you think it's a mindset thing? I mean, look, hands up. I think the longer you drive, the more comfortable you get with it and the lazier you get as a driver. Yeah, and I have yeah. been caught on the hop with a, with a cyclist. I've never done something like that now or had a, yeah. a collision with a cyclist or anything. But I, yeah. I think we stopped doing the sort of mirror, mirror signal. And before we turn left, we're doing another check. You really have to zone in properly to make sure you're yeah. looking out for cyclists. I've become more aware of it, but do you think because yeah. we don't have that many cycle lanes that we're not thinking that way yet? Do you think it will change? There's a, there's a couple of reasons. One huge part is we would love more cycle infrastructure because I believe there are more cars on the road. Another thing is I would really love for a culture to develop where we're cognizant of near schools because we were very near the school when this happened. And it was yeah. very busy traffic. It was schooly time traffic. That you ch- the children are on bicycles. Thirdly, I more children that cycle, the more cognizant drivers will be. In the last 30 years, we've taken children off the road. They're all now in cars. And if you think about it, if a child, you know, from the age of, say eight, nine, ten, can cycle on their own and with their friends. If they're cycling, for example, they're one mile from the school and they're cycling at 10 miles an hour, which would be a, a good speed. Six would be very slow. It's just six minutes to school. That's all it is. But we've loaded our streets with cars to take our children a mere mile to school. Yeah. So we've we've really erased the culture of um, road sharing. Yeah. And there's going I, to be parents would, listening more who will hear that story and say, oh God, I'm not sending my child on the bike on their own and I can't bring them. So it would put them off. Gronya, can I bring you back in? Did that incident with your husband and kids put him off cycling the kids to school or are you still doing it? No, we're still doing it because it's a really gorgeous and joyful thing to do like my my least favorite we're lucky enough to both work from home and my least favorite part of the day and his too was sitting in traffic to go this route to school <laughs> you know it always seems like such pointless time and it puts you in a bad mood this is just a lovely gorgeous thing and it feels because the bike is big and it's sturdy and whatever else it does feel safer in in a way but I guess it was interesting what what Maura was saying there I mean it it, it came home very um, acutely to me just in the run up to school I don't know if you remember um, there was a photo call with our Minister for Road Safety who's from this neck of the woods actually um, I'm in Galway but it was about how educating children 
to cross the road properly. That was the emphasis. And I just, it, I just thought, well, I just there. Because we should be educating drivers to be aware of road users. You know, like if somebody walks around, it walks down the street with a sword. It, it's not everyone else's responsibility not to get stabbed. It's the person who's holding the blooming sword. To, you know, that they, they should hold it properly so they're not going to accidentally hit someone with it. Well, we've we have Tommy... to change our sense of responsibility when we are behind the wheel. And we need to start educating drivers and thinking about that piece. Yeah, um, I think so too. I think so too. I think it's a mindset thing. I mean, Tommy in Waterford has texted in to say, think of your children's safety, get them off that death trap of a bike. And until we have the right infrastructure in place, there is a risk because you are on a bike. You, you're not in the safe surrounds. I know you can get injured in a car accident, but a collision where you're sitting in a car as opposed to on a bike, but you can get a lot more injured. Could, could I could I hop in? Because in a way, you see, the thing is, right, that's all well and good for Tommy to say that. But the research coming in now is showing that from a health perspective and from a well-being perspective, driving and the, the, all of the all of the things that come with it is actually turning out to be worse from a health perspective than smoking. So, like, I mean, I drive. That's the thing. It's not that I don't. But I just find that we need to start allowing the people who can to choose other options for so many different reasons. I mean, health, freedom, independence of children. Yes, the climate, our pocket. I mean, you name it. The the reasons are endless. Gronia, I'll have to leave it there. But thank you so much for coming on. And also to Maura. JP has texted in to say, being both a cyclist and a car driver, I see it from both sides. There are vehicle drivers who don't make room for cyclists and are indifferent to cyclists' needs. And on the other hand, numerous cyclists go through red lights and at night wearing dark clothing, no lights, which can make them hard to see at a distance, particularly in inclement weather or in poorly lit areas. A pet hate of mine, cyclists not obeying the traffic rules and having no lights or high-vis clothing on at night. And I do think that is a fair point. Um, You know, and I remember from my learning how to drive time that you have to give a cyclist a whole car door space. I mean, it's quite a bit to overtake them. It's a full overtake. And I just think, like I said earlier, we're all so self-absorbed. We're all in such a rush to get where we're going that we're not prepared to slow down to the speed of a cyclist until there is space to do that. So now that, I mean, where I'm from, they've added a cycle lane all the way from one town to the next, but they just put it into the current Road, So there's just these sort of, you know, bollards, permanent bollards all the way, which has made the access for the road a lot more. Now, as a driver, you're almost in the in the middle of the road. So I, I think you need to make sure that when we are town planning that we're putting this in and we're putting it in with care for the drivers and for the cyclists. We have Paul on the line in Louth. Paul, why did you get in touch with Lunchtime Live today? Well, as a motorist, um, I'm not saying defending motorists because I, I understand driving on the roads. The, the men in white van syndrome is crazy. I've seen some 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 very very um, near misses with people with cyclists. But I have to say regarding the cyclists, with more and more cyclists today on the road. I went to Dundalk the other day, five o'clock in the morning. I passed eight cyclists. One of them had a light. Only one. And of the other seven, they were driving, they were young people and old people. One or two had high-vis jackets on, but not one of them had a light. And I, and on one particular one, I couldn't see, although there was a cycle lane passing by the college, 
it was okay, but he was he was dressed in black, and I've 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 find this everywhere I drive. There's cyclists on the road. We now have to drive during the daytime, motorists with the lights on. Why don't they insist on? Forty years ago, I used to cycle to school, and in the dark mornings, I had to have a light on my bike, an old little torch battery light. I had it back then because they were the rules. Today's rules. People don't ignore, they either ignore them or the police don't enforce them. In, in dark winter nights, dark mornings, why don't they stop people that don't have lights? They're cheap to buy in our local supermarkets. They're, they're all the time, little flashing LEDs, and they're very effective. And they're only four quid in, in our local store to buy. Yeah, likewise helmets, that always just puts the fear, especially now we have the ele- electric scooters, electric bikes. So, you know, you have yeah. young people going at really serious speeds yeah. with no lights dressed in black and with no protective gear on them. It it does put fear in my heart because I, I, I know I'm going to have teenagers one day that are going to want to travel around that way. Yeah. And especially when the roads, as we're saying, the infrastructure isn't there to protect them. It's one thing to be on a dedicated cycle yeah. lane but if there isn't that you are merging with traffic on a, on a regular basis Well it's true it's not that I mean the vast majority of motorists are good drivers with the exception as I call them the men and white vans they are lunatics on the road and they, they, they just overtake like the woman had the incident where, where you know she's nearly taken the husband was taken off the road the kids all because of drivers we are too fast we are too busy but get back to basics insist the police the guardies should insist Anyone that stop anybody that doesn't have a light on their bike, because you, you could be stopped. In, I remember being stopped as younger days for not having a having a light on the bike, and it was daytime. But you know, it was going. It, it was coming near near the evening time, and I was stopped. And where your lights do not cycle out on the road. Now that was, I'm saying, okay, 30, 40 years ago. But today they should enforce it. With all yeah. more I just don't think we have the, the, the guards on the road for that. Paul, thank you very much for coming on. Do let us know your thoughts on that. I mean, I think I'd like to speak up for white van drivers. I think that was a sweeping generalisation there. I'm sure there are plenty of good hearted people driving well in white vans. I think they do get a really bad rap. But we did have Maura tell us that story Um about a white van. So, you know, it can happen, but let's let's speak up against the discrimination. But let us know, are you a cyclist or a driver? How do you feel? I mean, I was late coming in here today because the whole way into town from the north side of Dublin where I live, they're putting in a dedicated cycle lane and everyone in the area is giving out yards about the traffic chaos that it's causing. I just don't think we're getting our heads around the difference that we need to start bringing into our behaviour. I mean, everyone's talking and giving out about the cost of living and the cost of fuel and what's going to happen going forward. But nobody seems to really want to make the change and make the moves. And when you see it happening, people are still giving out. We need to have this sort of infrastructure. We need to make sure that more people feel that they can get on a bike and cycle themselves to work or to school and feel safe to do so. 53106 at a cost of 30 cent for your text. But now let's do a bit of this. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.